Hey everyone, and welcome once again to the Warrior Monk Podcast. I am really excited to bring you guys this episode. I was speaking with Emily Hightower of Intrinsic Way. I got connected to her through Rob Wilson and Brian McKenzie, the guys over at Power Speed Endurance, and she is one of the newest members of the Power Speed Endurance clan, crew, community, Um, but she is by no means a newbie when it comes to talking about things like resiliency training and breath work. I'm going to let her talk a little bit about her past experience as well as where she got her first stepping into being her uh, her journey as a warrior monk as well as how she got into resiliency training and how she used actually resiliency training and breath work herself to get herself through traumatic experiences in her life and she's also worked with athletes from the SOCOM special operations community and the Special Warfare Airmen and the Air Force, helping them with resiliency training and breath work. And what I really caught on when I first heard about her through social media was using archery and using the bow as a tool for self-mastery. And I think she gives a great little segment here in our conversation about that as well. And then she's also going to dive into her skill of stress course, which I still haven't taken, but I'm planning on doing it soon when I can make the time to do so. And we'll be giving any of my listeners some feedback and some response to taking that course as well, as well as getting some feedback to Emily too. All right, guys. So I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet today. No sponsorships, no plugs. The only thing I'm going to ask is if you've been listening to the Warrior Monk podcast, if you like the content I've put out, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, leave some positivities, leave me some feedback. Go ahead and leave me a DM on Instagram. Uh, get in contact with me any way you want to. I appreciate you coming back to listen to the podcast. I appreciate feedback. Even if it's negative, feedback is feedback. And thank you yet again for tuning in. And without any more delays, I'm going to hand it over to Emily Hightower. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Warrior Monk Podcast. And I'd like to say hello and thank you to my guest, Emily Hightower of Intrinsic Way for joining me. Emily, welcome to the Warrior Monk Podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, Emily is a resiliency coach and she's done a bunch of work uh, with the special operations community and the Air Force Special Operations. And if you could, please, would you give the Warrior Monk podcast listeners a little bit of a background on yourself and and how you've come into resiliency coach and some of the stuff you've already done for the military community? Sure, absolutely. You know, my work began through trauma myself and um, I needed to find some tools to overcome a lot in my formative years. I witnessed my mom's uh, brain injury and then I'll just briefly share the trauma story because it's not essential right now, but um, I did survive my dad's suicide and I just knew that I needed some skills to get through what was clearly an uncertain life. Um, And then that drove me to a bunch of different career choices. I was a wilderness medic or EMT rather to be specific um, for five years in practice, got to support people in acute and chronic uh, trauma. And then I became a whitewater coach, um, kayak coach. So I learned a lot about breath control, fear, um, performance, managing people when they're in uh, the whitewater environment. 
um, dealing with breath holds and managing uh, that environment well. Um, and then about 20 years ago, I turned a corner after 9-11. Um, I had a career doing some interesting work with rivers by that time. I still was doing mountain medicine. And um, I had to pivot like so many of us are doing now. Uh, the career fell apart, our funding collapsed, and I dove into breath work for my own healing. Um, I became a certified yoga instructor and a health coach, learned about how my body was working. And ultimately, for me, it was an investigation into stress. You know, why was it way back when that my own dad, who seemed to have life on a string, um, could not manage the stress of life uh, well enough to stick around? You know, it's a loving, great human being who just decided to go. So, um, with all the training that I've done, I was drawn to working with other people who were at an edge. And um, I found my way into Challenge Aspen. And they create possibilities for people with physical and cognitive challenges. So, you know, it's a great challenge to figure out how to apply mobility, strength, balance, breath work to people who had maybe paralysis or visual impairment or lost a limb. And that same event of 9-11, of course, uh, brought us into the longest war in America's history that we're still engaged in now. Yep. And we started to see our adaptive sports camps fill up with combat veterans. Um, so I was a part of, you know, shifting the Challenge Aspen program into Challenge Aspen military opportunities, a special branch that really focused on the needs of veterans. And so it's been my privilege now to really listen to a lot of veterans and learn how to adapt the skills that work based in science, based in practices, um, to get beyond just kind of fighting symptoms and getting to root causes of trauma and dysregulation. Um, so long story short, uh, through that relationship with Challenge Aspen, um, we've really focused on resilience for people that have suffered Super important right now. Trauma. Physically and mentally, super important topic right now. Indeed. Yeah, always learning more. You know, every week I'm working with people that have various degrees of uh, dysregulation and um, trauma recovery and performance and healing. Mm -hmm. And um, we have patterns. We do. That we can recognize, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you seem like just off a little bit of your background, you, you've got this already got a little bit of a warrior monk spirit to you because you're you've got like this in, inquisitive, um, you know, delving into the science of kind of what makes us tick and our and our psychology and and this resiliency and breath work and yoga piece. But on the other side, you've got this kind of thrill seeker, adventure seeker mm -hmm. that wants to do the white water rafting and out in the wilderness piece too. So that's. I, I can definitely see the, the duality in you. You're you're a bit of a warrior monk, I can tell. Hey, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I like I like things that have real risk and bring us into the moment. Absolutely, yeah, and it's a lot of us in the military are that way too. That ability to kind of turn the knob, dial it all the way back up up to ten, and the ability to dial it back down to one, which I I know is an analogy that I'm sure that you you can relate to a lot working with people with breath work because it really. It does. A lot of us right now are talking about it so much as down-regulating, but I was talking to you a bit about it the first time that we talk about the ability to up-regulate with mm -hmm. breath work as well and get into the zone and, and kind of 
prep yourself for needing to kind of either work or, or step into the fray and, and, or even with athletes getting prepped for an event and all that kind of thing. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very curious to hear more about, about your skill of stress course. But before I do, I, I want to bring up how I actually first saw you and it was through the guys at Power Speed Endurance and they posted, reposted from you on um, the topic of archery which is a topic near and dear to my heart because I grew up uh, in South Florida and my dad taught me archery and it's something he, he raised me on as a, as a skill sport, as a precision sport, but it was also just something that's a great outdoor activity. I didn't ever really get into bow hunting. It was more just for, for target shooting and for, for uh, competition. But can you speak a little bit on how you use archery as a tool in your training and, and a little bit about your, your, your journey through the sport of yeah. archery as well? Yeah, I love that that uh, you have that background, and it is fascinating how it can be used as a tool for survival with hunting, ancient tool for survival, you know, and then for self-mastery throughout the ages as well. And I was introduced to archery through a uh, SOCOM guy that came through our CAMO, Challenge Aspen Military Ops Program, and uh, those SOCOM groups mean a lot to me. You know, mm-hmm. these are engaging people that um, sit in my breathwork classes and in, inevitably the first 10 minutes, the first five minutes, at least they do not want to be there. You know, yeah. So it's such a wonderful challenge to try and get their attention. And breath is actually pretty easy to do that with. You, know, you sure. can make people um, realize the importance of their breath in a short time. So in one of those sessions, I met my future archery mentor who was the least interested in what I had to offer at the start of the class, the most interested at the end. And we ended up connecting beyond that initial breathwork course because he was curious, first and foremost, how could breathwork help him with his precision? Archery for him was this incredible healing tool. And when I started to download with him how breath could be applied to the shot, I just got that feeling down my spine, like this is important for me. I need to pay attention. There's something here. And it felt ancient. And so within a short time of becoming his kind of de facto coach, the relationship just kind of continued. I'd get these texts of like, holy shit, I'm in Vegas at a competition. I'm freaking out. What do I do? Right? So the breath work became about so much more than the shot for Mm -hmm. him. And he started applying it in daily life and it started to transform the way that he felt in his brain and how he felt in his body and how he interacted with his family. And um, because he shoots, he could actually apply the breath more regularly every day than most yogis, mm-hmm. you know, at any ashram, right? hundred arrows a day, this guy yeah. shoots. So that's a lot um, of shooting. It's a lot of shooting. And so I'm really lucky to have him as my archery coach. I, I found myself buying a bow. We ended up um, co-leading some archery breathwork camps at Camo together. And there's nothing like them. They're the single best part of my year. I look forward to these camps with my whole heart because people just thrive and change and transform and have incredible health, health outcomes as a result. Um, so that's kind of the backstory, but... Presently, for me, archery has become my meditation as well, and I've been able to take it beyond the breath and the range and out into the woods 
And um, I grew up hunting. So naturally for me, I use it for that as well. And I've found that it just is an incredible way to access a different part of my brain to get off trail, to pay attention to the signs and the sounds and Mm -hmm. um, to track animals, to hunt animals. It's incredible. And I, I, last time, uh, or when I heard you speaking to that, that piece on, on Instagram about archery, you were, you were talking a lot about the, the ocular piece of of it and how that, that kind of getting like super focused to, you know, to your point of point of aim, point of impact, and then kind of bringing it, bringing it out and kind of sort of bringing your eyes back to the horizon and, you know, that, that gaze period. And I feel like that's so, it's almost like it's a mirror almost of, of the, of the breathing process, right. Where you can have really intense breathing or, or really, really long, del- slow, deliberate breaths. And almost like there's a, there's a link there. I feel like between your, you know, the ocular uh, perception that the eyes get between that hyper-focus and that ability to just kind of look at it on the horizon that almost mirrors breath work as well. It certainly does. And of course, Andrew Huberman with Stanford and the Huberman yeah. lab has amazing neuroscience and research going on about our fear centers and the visual cortex. And for me, it's been experiential and the process in archery and why it's so profound is, you know, we've distilled it into three main steps, breathe, aim, release. And the first step, if you're, if you're not breathing and present in your body and you pick up a weapon of any nature, You don't belong there. Yep. And so to train yourself to respect the present moment and become embodied, we train the, the three voluntary skills in your autonomic nervous system. The three main ones that hijack your stress response are your, uh, your breath. That's the primal wedge between your unconscious and your conscious resources. Your body mechanics to actually employ the body mechanics of self-regulation can override the stress response to go from noticing that you're clenching the jaw and tightening your grip and off balance in your feet to actually employing grounded, stable, relaxed body mechanics. And then third, to take in that visual field to open up the cortex to the periphery. When you add those together with the breath protocol, you know, you shift Mm-hmm. You move away from being activated by your ideas of what's going on in your past or your trauma or your triggers. And now you have situational awareness. You have the full resources of your higher mind developed in that moment to the best of your ability. So it is a profound practice that's fun. It's super fun to just mm-hmm. shoot at a target, right? It's the it other is. thing about it. Uh, me and my buddy Paul, uh, he's visiting me for the weekend, and we went shooting some archery uh, this weekend as well. And uh, I actually I skipped out on an on an arrow. I just I I threw a shot. We were like maybe about thirty five yards away, um, and shooting at like a two by two target. And I I lost I, one of the arrows missed, and I lost the arrow, and it went, went deep into the brush. And we looked for it mm. for one, I couldn't find it. But I got upset at myself, you know, and I realized my my breathing had come up a little bit. Heart rate was a little bit elevated because my mental state had shifted. I was starting to get to get into the the anger response of like, you know, damn it, I lost an arrow, and, and you know, all the stuff that's associated with that. 
and my shot groupings just kept getting like crap, you know, and then I had to kind of self-identify. I was like, okay, why am I, why am I shooting more poor? We, it's not like we were completely fatigued, like we had been shooting for hours or anything. And then, you know, I took a a couple deep breaths and really slow exhalations. And then I, my shot groups, you know, I could see started coming back into that, you know, four or five inch region. So there is a lot to be said about tying those things together. And I I really appreciated, appreciated that your, your, perspective on it as a meditation practice because i'm also a big fan of or and a studier of bushido and and samurai culture and uh Mm -hmm. archery was is one of the uh, kyodo is one of the 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 biggest tenets of of martial arts in japanese society and they in feudal japan and the samurai culture and they really do look at archery as another form of the martial arts because it does have that meditative piece to it and that Mm. discipline piece to it just along with training yep training and practice and it'll show up whatever you're bringing to the bow in that moment. Mm-hmm. You can't hide from it. You know, if you make meaning of a missed arrow, it's going to show up in your stress response. And that's one thing, but then it's going to show up in your grouping like it mm-hmm. did for you. Yep. And so to have an instant feedback mechanism like a target is profound. And to have the repetition, we find the shot process too, especially for anybody healing from traumatic brain injuries in the past any even post-concussive syndrome like if if you have a shot process it develops the ability to trust a process that enables you to let go Mm -hmm. and i've really tried to apply this i have applied this in my own daily life where it's like we right now are able to be inundated at any given moment with the world in the palm of our hands we can scroll instantly and be anywhere in the world and when you follow a shot process, you're present and you're moving through each click. And then the thing you just did is done. You don't need to worry about it anymore. Right. You've looked down the scope, you've set, you know, the whole thing. You did your stance, you knocked your arrow, you set your release, you drew the bow, you breathed, pulled your focus down the sight, soaked in the X. And then eventually there's nothing left but to clear your aim and release. And in that action of the release, we have the opportunity to practice calm action, like embodied, relaxed, clear action over and over and over. And to be able to let go of the last arrow, especially the good ones. Right. That's my hardest. Yeah. I get attached to those good shots. <laughs> you always want to make sure you end the day like on a, on a good note. You know, if you have like a, <laughs> a shot grouping, you know, you could definitely do better. You're like, no, no, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to lose a couple more. So we get, a, you know, end the, end the day on a high note. <laughs> right. Which is sometimes tragic. It's addictive. <laughs> yeah, it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about your skill of stress course. Um, kind of a bit about what it is and how you went about developing it and what people could expect from it if they're looking to get into it. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited about it. It's been such an honor to be invited by Brian McKenzie and Rob Wilson and the Art of Breath team to provide the Mm -hmm. curriculum that I have developed over the years with SOCOM and CAMO and trauma recovery. And so the skill of stress has been interesting because It is an online course. It's cheaper than an hour of coaching with me, but it's seven hours of online video content. And then we created a really interactive 100-page workbook and I think 20-plus posters of different breath protocols. And it really is the um, 
the pattern that I have found over the years that works with our physiology to get out of our heads, to get out of analyzing the story and to go beyond suffering from our discomfort to actually engaging with our physiology so that we're more in control with better resources to make informed action. Um, so it goes through three main steps. I don't know if you want me to go into the course in detail. If, yeah, if you would like to, please. I, I mean, I'm sure. curious. I, I'm going to, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to take the course. I really want to. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Dive in and then you can give me feedback. Cause it's, you know, as a responder style teacher, I've, I've learned so much about distilling the best of what works. Sure. And, um, yeah, so we go through three main chapters and the first one is about reading state. Mm-hmm. And that's all about understanding the range of human conditions in your nervous system that are natural. You know, dispelling the myth that anxiety is somehow a um, something that we need to suppress. It's a symptom. It's a signal from the body that something's out of alignment for you. You wouldn't be having that reaction Mm-hmm. if everything were aligned. And so we teach in the read section about the difference between acute stress, chronic stress, cumulative stress, and the range of tolerance to stress um, and what it means in, a, in your neurology when you're activated by a trigger. So um, once we lay that foundation, the second chapter is all about how to regulate state in order to access the best of our neurology and our biophysiology. So we can show up in present time with a better grasp of reality and actually make choices that are rooted in body mechanics, breath physiology, and a bit of that visual cortex. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can create more energy if we need to. We can disrupt patterns of depression, anxiety, insomnia, digestive issues. Um, But it's not prescriptive. It's more about the... um, just the root core science of how elements of breath impact your physiology and then some inquiries for you to actually engage with those in your own way. So you can actually learn from your body through experimentation. So it allows for uh, all the individual expressions of breath that um, I go into in my coaching when I'm with people one-on-one, but in an online course, I try to really deliver the science so people can work with it on their own. And then the third section is reinforce. And in that section, I train people in the neuro um, plasticity principles that help oh. with uh, repatterning, disrupting those old patterns. But then what do you do with that? Right, we have right. to show up day, day in and day out with the tools that actually copes the nervous system to widen our tolerance to stress over time. So we get into habit science, some mantra work, um, and some templates on breaking through limiting beliefs and perspectives. Right. Well, that's, that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it because I know I've, I've still got a lot more to learn on the subject of breath work and the subjects of neurobiology and, and psychology. And it's, it's become a, started to become a passion of mine to follow this stuff. I don't know if I'm going to end up going back to school in the future, but if I do, I think the the neuroscience career fields is, I think, I think is expanding so much. I feel like for a long time, we've been like, we don't know what this big lump of meat in our cranium does. And we're starting to finally, finally start to put some of the pieces together a little bit. Yeah. We need you to be yeah. in that field. We, it is expanding. I feel the same way. I can't learn enough. And Teaching, I love that quote. We teach what we most want to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this has helped me learn a lot. 
So uh, you mentioned uh, Dr. Humerman earlier, but uh, can I ask you like who else is currently influencing you and in both like in how you develop your practice and, and your kind of skills that you're helping other people get ingrained into? Yeah. Well, you know, I pay a lot of attention to Rob Wilson and Brian McKenzie. Mm-hmm. We're I do too. <laughs> colleagues now and we're, we're working together as a team and it's just incredible to me how on purpose and on task they are and how they're elevating this field. Um, so, you know, even today, Brian posted about the difference between pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And that's such an important aspect in the work that I do is helping people shift out of um, creating needless suffering and really letting these patterns sink in around feeling victimized by life's reality. Um, so I, I pay a lot of attention to what those guys are doing and really excited about engaging with that. And then another coach that I follow is Martha Beck, and she's kind of on a whole other spectrum. She's um, written a book called Diana Herself. There's actually a, a, a bow involved in that book. Oh, cool. But she talks about some tasks that we as human beings can undertake, and she does it through allegory. Um, a woman, you know, stuck in the wilderness with a broken ankle, basically. Oh, okay. I love survival but, um, stories. Yeah. And it's, it's really, she uses allegory and almost magic realism to bring to life these different tasks. But the three that have, have really stuck with me, there's like eight, I think, but the first three, I see myself teaching over and over in the work and the coaching, but also in my own life. This is like where I am right now. And the first is to calm that lizard brain mm-hmm. using breath. It's like the first task. And then the second is to not take poison. And by that, she means like, can you imagine if you had a poisonous thought towards yourself, towards someone else, or a food that you knew wasn't aligned, that created pain or inflammation in your body? If in that moment, there was no delayed reaction and you actually got like stabs in your gut and you had to feel physical pain from a limiting belief or a a harsh word towards somebody. So that second step makes you really honest about the power of your thoughts and words. Right. And then the third one has been really interesting in helping people embody um, healing through trauma. And the third task she offers is to be moved. And the idea there is that instead of just like taking action in order to get a result in this culture that we grew up in of like more, better, faster, instant gratification. If you can curate the felt sense through participation with desire of being moved into action, there's like a limbic pause you can engage with. Hmm. So if you've done your breath work and you've aimed clearly with non-poisonous thoughts, then you can move from this different place that's no longer reactive. So Martha Beck's work, you know, it's, it is breathing release. It's the same stuff I do with archery. And, um, she, she always inspires me. Very cool. I'll be curious to look her up. I haven't heard of her before, but I'm definitely going to give her a, a look into now and, and see what she has to say as well. So I've got to ask you uh, the question I like to ask a lot of people on this podcast is when you hear the term warrior monk, uh, what comes to mind? What do you think of? Yeah, I love it. I love it because it's a contradiction. It is. For most people. 
as you mentioned earlier, with um, that blending of kind of martial arts, what comes to mind is the warrior healer archetype of mm -hmm. um, having the sensibility to fight for something with consciousness. So, you know, the term monk is monastic. It implies discipline, dedication, being avowed to something bigger than yourself. So warrior monk is a combo is super badass. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I didn't coin it. I mean, that's, that's for sure. It's, it's been a phrase that's gotten thrown around, thrown around for a long time. And I mean, and I'm, I'm looking hopefully in the, in the future, I'd love to have some subject matter experts on the podcast to talk about warrior monks in history, whether it's, uh, you know, the Shaolin monks, uh, or in Tibet or the, uh, the Knights Templar, you know, in, in Europe. Um, there's lots of examples of archetypes from this kind of duality in that culture that that's existed over the years. But I always love to, to hear mm -hmm. the take on it from, from my guests, because it does, it's when you hear it, it automatically throws certain images into people's minds. Um, well, it, it means something else to me too, because <clears throat> having the privilege of getting to work with some of you Air Force guys and gals and being, um, in particular with the special warfare prep group mm -hmm. there for um, the Air Force. You know, a lot of those kids were going into pararescue. Yep. And um, I was led towards that work by some athletes that I coached in the Warrior Games through Team SOCOM and through Camo that I got super close to that were PJs. And um, the idea of like, you know, it works because I'm not one of you guys at all. And I don't try to be I'm a yeah. civilian who's been blessed in this country. Thanks to our incredible forces that have, have kept our idea alive and kept us safe to pursue healing arts. And so long way of saying that um, as an EMT formerly too, you know, the idea of people out in the field risking their life to save others, sometimes from the opposition, Right. In the heat of combat, you never had guns being fired at me while I was in the ambulance working on somebody. Um, but I've learned so much from the people I coach because really they're more skilled than I am. They've been tested mm -hmm. more than I have been. Um, so working with the, the wounded uh, post-retirement PJs, a lot of them were like, gosh, I wish that we'd had access to breath work during selections. Yeah. I wish that we'd had this. And so it's kind of a secret mission of mine to through the science, through the neuroscience and the physiology and just training what works to kind of bring this more on board so that our people can go out there armed with that warrior monk uh, efficiency and understanding of, of being both a fighter and a healer. Absolutely. Uh, Rob and I talked about it when uh, he was my guest on the podcast as well. And because he's had a lot of time working within the, the special operations community too, and the SEAL teams and uh, that whole thing. I mean, the PJs, just like the SEALs have a lot of stress inoculation through the water because they have to be combat divers as part of their qualification for their job. Right. And so mm -hmm. they see really, really quick who can handle stress and who can't by taking oxygen away. Right. And that CO2 tolerance test is, which is becoming like this kind of new measure of not, it's not an indefinite, but it's, it's a pretty giving us a pretty good kind of definition on, on someone's basic stress ability to handle stress is that CO2 measurement. And like guys who can't, I mean, it's of course, if it, there's a comfort level, if you grew up in the water, like in the, in the beaches of, you know, California or Florida playing around in the water, you don't look at the getting in the water as a something to 
induce stress in, in you, but just the whole thing of not being able to breathe. I mean, just like you were saying, being able to kind of turn off the lizard brain a bit and, uh, and kind of realize what's, what's the real, what's the real stressor here and what's not. Cause I mean, at the end of the day with these guys that are training in a pool, it's like, well, I'm not going to die here. This is a training environment, you know? Yeah. And kind of being it's real really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, the most self-regulated badasses I've met are the um, naval EOD, the divers that yeah. diffuse bombs. And I've yeah. worked with a couple of those guys that self-regulate so well that it's been problematic for them in recovery. Really? You know, they've, they've been in ER situations where they're telling the doctor with a perfectly calm face, you know, I, I think I'm bleeding internally. And they're like, no, you're not. You'd be flipping out right now. You'd be shocky. Right. And, you know, right. so there are some interesting case studies we'll be fleshing out with power, speed, endurance, and with the blog there. And just to kind of help shed some light on the edge of human performance through that population and others that have really figured out the key. Very cool. Uh, do you have anyone in your life who's a warrior monk that that you think of personally, a mentor, yeah. a friend, family member, et cetera? Oh, I feel so lucky that I I feel like I know a lot of them. My archery coach that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. he's very private, so I'll keep him anonymous, but yeah, he no rises every day to what matters and does the harder thing yeah. um, instead of the more comfortable over and over and to see what he's done with his one of the smartest people I've ever met. So to see um, what he's done post-retirement from the army is incredible. Um, And then my husband comes to mind. I'm super lucky that I met Brian. He is like just one of those men in the world that knows right from wrong and stands up for what he believes in. Um, But he's not afraid to do the hard, uh, soft work right? Like the difficult conversations, what's required of a marriage, you know, to really listen and acknowledge and own up to stuff. And yeah. So I think he's a really good warrior monk. Mm -hmm. I have a lot to learn from him. Awesome. I appreciate your response too. And and being candid about it. It's, uh, it's also another one I like to ask everybody because it seems like everybody's got someone that they automatically, it comes to mind. No one has to be like, "Hmm, let me think about it. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. I have to listen back. I'm curious what other people come up with. What a fun inquiry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so please, can you, can you tell people that want to, to learn more about Intrinsic Way, more about you, the Skill of Stress course, where, where can they go to find your, your content? Where can they go to find more about what you're doing and get involved? Yeah, so my website is intrinsicway.com. My handle on Instagram is intrinsic underscore way. And I'm through the powerspeedendurance.com website. That is another portal to access the skill of stress course. And that course is also on my homepage at intrinsicway.com. So the neatest, the coolest thing about the course is that now we can scale. And that means greater impact, but it also means elevated learning. I'm already just gaining so many insights from students taking the course and the community at Power Speed Endurance. Awesome. I mean, it's such an awesome thing to me too. I mean, I've, I've, I've gone to the, the art of breath seminar with the, the, the power speed endurance guys. And this part of this whole thing of us starting to work breath work and, and 
understanding kind of the what makes us tick as far as our how our brains and our and our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems are are working in conjunction is that it's so accessible. All you really need is the information and take the time to practice it a bit. It's not like you need some fancy piece of equipment. It's not like you got to go spend hundreds of dollars on the thing that goes in your gym. You know, obviously like when people are doing research, they're, you know, getting into some more stuff of measuring gas exchanges and all that, but to just practice it yourself and learn to do it better. All you need is a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of coaching from somebody and a little bit of time. So I think it's awesome. I'm yeah. looking forward to going through it. I'm definitely going to give you my feedback and encourage anybody who's looking to get into breath work to, to look you up and, and, and get their questions answered and, and dive into it. Cause I know I'm definitely going to. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Excited for you to dig in. Yeah, for sure. Well, unless you got anything else for my audience, I think we could probably just about wrap it up. Yeah, just thank you for the opportunity. It's really great to connect to you. Absolutely, Emily. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. All right, there you have it. Emily Hightower of Intrinsic Way. I really enjoyed this podcast so much. I really enjoy the content that Emily has been putting out. She's such an awesome person to talk to. Uh, Really inspirational. I'm super excited to get into her course Uh, Like I said in the intro, guys, I haven't had time to do it yet, but I'm really interested in getting into her skill of stress course. After I do, I'm definitely going to be leaving a review on the Instagram. I'm definitely going to be reaching out to her to give her some of my input on it. Um, I'm totally getting more and more into breath work. I'm totally getting more and more into the understanding of stress and how to better deal with it, how to better harness it, how to better let it be a piece of what molds you into a better person in your future and in your everyday today life and also how to communicate it to other people because there's so many people out there that are struggling and dealing with stress. So I think it's super important that people are teaching others how to cope with it, how to harness it, how to get better at stress in general. So guys, please go to intrinsicway.com. Check out Emily's website. You can also find her at Instagram at intrinsic underscore way. And her course is also featured at powerspeedendurance.com. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much again for joining me on the Warrior Monk Podcast. I've got more content coming out soon. Uh, It seems like the past couple weeks I've had more opportunities to do podcasting than I can even handle. Uh, If you guys are enjoying the content, please, like I said in the intro, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, reach out to me via a DM on Instagram, and let me know what you want to hear of more of. Let me know what you think of the podcast so far. Give me some feedback. Connect me to somebody that you know. Let me connect to you. Let's have a conversation, and let's grow through balance. That's what it's all about. All right, guys, Lance from the Warrior Monk Podcast, signing out. 